Welcome to A Brief Chat. I'm Jason Crane. Today is Wednesday. It's the 26th of August, 2020. Yes, I had to look. Let's take a look back at this day in radical history. In 1839, the ship Amistad, slave ship Amistad, was captured off Long Island. The Supreme Court eventually freed those slaves. And in 1920 was the, I think, official adoption of the 19th Amendment. I did bring this up and I just looked at it. The adoption was certified on August 26, 1920. Uh, Yesterday, I did a video where I was wearing a baseball cap sideways, just as a bit of a comedy gag for those who are watching as opposed to listening. And in a comment uh, talking mostly about other things, Dave Bonta, a poet who was on episode 107, part of Poetry Fridays, Uh, told me to lose the hat. So I got rid of that hat, and uh, I have made a different fashion choice today that I hope uh, Dave and the rest of you appreciate. And if you want to see that fashion choice, uh, just go to abriefchat.com slash YouTube. Just a few minutes ago, I sold the seats in the, uh, the middle and rear seats in the van, so now it is empty and ready to have things done to it. But that is not mainly what I want to talk about today. Today I want to talk about the Moody Blues. Moody Blues are a band who... To be totally honest, I don't even know if they're on the radar of anyone under my age these days, right? Like, there are always weirdos who are, like, my kind of weird when I was, you know, 18, 19, even younger, who were into music from back in the day. And so there are always those kind of people. But as a general rule, I don't know how much kind of folks under my age, I'm in my mid-40s, are aware of the Moody Blues, And the reason I bring it up is because the Moody Blues had a three album run that is, in my opinion, one of the great three album runs of all time up there with Stevie Wonder's Brown Period, that kind of thing. And uh, that's Days of Future Past, In Search of the Lost Chord and On the Threshold of a Dream. When I was in high school, the Moody Blues used to come with some regularity to the Outdoor Performing Arts Center in Canandaigua, New York, which is in the Finger Lakes. And that's where I grew up, or partly, but anyway, for the purposes of this story, let's just say that's where I grew up. (laughs) And uh, we used to go see them whenever they would come each summer. And one thing that was cool about them was that they had a flute player, and my sister played the flute, so that was kind of cool because she could see somebody, you know, like up on a stage with people cheering and everything, doing the thing that she was learning how to do. She doesn't play the flute any longer, but she did back then. And uh, I really was into their music. And I'll be totally honest with you. I cannot remember why that was true. I don't know how I got into the Moody Blues, or particularly those albums. They don't really strike me as the kind of records most of my friends and I were into. We were very into prog rock. And the Moody's are kind of on the outskirts of that. Like they had not really longer, a lot of longer pieces, but a lot of sweet like pieces, you know, where four or five tunes on the album Or even, you know, a whole side and then you flip the album over and the whole other side would be connected. A lot of their albums, especially the three that I just mentioned, had either pretty explicit concepts like Days of Future Past literally takes you through the course, you know, of a day. And uh, the other album, the other two albums in that three album run, I think are conceptually unified, Uh, if not in a storytelling sense, like a Lamb Lies Down on Broadway kind of sense or 2112 or something like that. I think they at least, the way that they are knitted together tends to make them one conceptual piece. So that some of their, the songs from those albums, like obviously Nights in White Satin is a big one, or Ride My Seesaw, some of those songs became individual hits 
But first of all, they had to be edited because the the place in the beginning and end where they clicked uh, hooked onto the songs before or after them had to be changed. And then, although they're great standalone songs, I think they lose something when they're taken out of the context of those entire albums. So besides just loving the music on those albums, and I've been thinking about it because I've been listening to those records again recently, I also have a really strong emotional connection to those records. Because when I was probably 15 and 16 or so, most of my friends were either one or two years older than I was. Uh, And one of my very close friends was a guy named Wade Stanton, who now is like a spy or something. No one knows what he does, but he's a spy. Uh, But anyway, he was, uh, you know, like a tall goalkeeper, you know, kind of a jock kind of guy, but also well-read and really curious about the world. And so he, he could like kind of blend in with a lot of different groups in our high school. And he lived out in the sticks where I lived. Um, And we became good pals along with a small group of other nerds. Although I think Wade was in some ways one of the least kind of outwardly nerdy nerds. He was also super useful in the uh, kind of protection sense because those of us who were mouthy nerds, me in particular, uh, would occasionally draw the ire of other jocks and having Wade and another friend of mine named Keith around who were just big dudes uh, ensured that I never got beaten up (laughs) in high school. But uh, Wade and I, from time to time, would drag a a rollaway bed and a cot out onto the back deck at my parents' house. We lived in a uh, in a log home, uh, nothing ostentatious or anything like that. But uh, you know, kind of on about seven acres, couldn't really see much around it. You know, skies were gorgeous. There was no light pollution out where we lived. We lived quite a ways from town, and even town was not that big. And we would so we would drag these cots onto the back deck in the warm months. And we, uh, I had a little uh, boombox, and I had cassette copies, probably dubbed cassette copies from either records or CDs, I don't know, of those three albums, Days of Future Past, In Search of the Lost Chord, On the Threshold of a Dream by the Moody Blues. And so we would drag the boombox out there with us, and we would watch the stars, solve all the problems of the world, and listen to these three records until we fell asleep. And I just, I have a lot of the memories of my childhood are are really dark, (laughs) but there are some real moments of bright light when I think back to those times. And certainly one of the brightest are those nights just lying under the stars, you know, watching shooting stars, talking about our lives, making stupid jokes, quoting movies to each other, all that kind of stuff. While we listen to these three really magical albums by the Moody Blues. And every time I listen to those records, I feel those emotions again. That emotion of of friendship and a bond and of music kind of infusing itself into a situation and making it more magical even than it otherwise would have been without the music, just lying there under the stars chatting about our lives would have been cool, right? That's just, that's just a neat thing to do. But when you add in these three moody blues records, 
it just it tipped the balance in favor of magic. I do remember one other time we didn't just listen to these records out on the deck. I mean, I listened to them all the time, and you know, I think Wade was a big fan of them too. And I do remember uh, Wade had a Jeep Cherokee. This would have been in 1980 something or other, seven, eight. Eight, nine. And uh, Wade had a red Jeep Cherokee, you know, one of the old blocky ones. But it did have a tape deck in it. And so uh, sometimes we'd be driving out in the countryside and we'd have these records on. And that was its own kind of magic. So I I guess uh, this episode really isn't about anything other than I love the way music knits back together these little moments of time. And I highly recommend, even though you might not have, well, of course you won't have exactly the same emotional resonance with these records as I do, that you check out these three albums, Days of Future Past, On the Threshold of a Dream, what's the other one? In Search of the Lost Chord. Because they they really are just absolutely magical albums. They're great albums, musically speaking, there's a lot of great songwriting, there's a lot of great orchestration and arranging, uh, there's cool kind of poetry and effects in some places, and you know, it's it was that era. And I highly recommend you uh, you check them out. And if you want to let me know about some of the albums that have that same effect for you, I'd love to hear about it. Uh, Jason at a brief That's today's show. I love you. A better world is possible, but we have a lot of work to do. <laughs>